0: Sportspan lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. and glad that you're along this Wednesday afternoon. And as always, we're joined by John Michael Hofling of ABC10 on Wednesdays. He's here on the ESPN-UP phone line as we continue to practice social distancing and uh, begin our fight against the COVID-19 outbreak. What's up, Mike? Not
1: much, man. Not much, man. Yeah, sort of uh, staying away, doing our best to, uh, you know, help everybody out with this situation.
0: Hey man, I gotta ask you, how's this impacted everything you're doing over at ABC10? What are are things like for you guys at your workplace?
1: It's just, I mean, it's tougher to, you know, find stories and whatnot. We have to get a lot more creative with uh, the content we have. We have ideas for stuff we plan on releasing a little bit later, but we're not sure exactly what we're gonna do for the most part. Um, But it hasn't affected our daily work life for the the most part. We're still coming in at, uh, you know, 11 a.m 3 p.m depending on who's got what shift and uh yeah i know a lot of other people are working from home at this point but it hasn't really affected our work schedule thus far
0: i'm glad to hear it i tell you what i was excited to see one of tyree's new uh trivia whatever videos that he was able to make i don't know well i guess you know. i i guess you could find some relatable topics right now i mean they said sports would be tough to come by here in the next few days or so and we've had a lot that's going on here in the last few days i mean i will say this i did watch those marble racing videos have you seen those because those are fantastic yeah, yeah, and i'm just yeah. like i I, I could get into this like outbreak or not this is this is kind of fun i kind of like watching these marble race videos yeah
1: those are those are uh, i mean i've seen those a co- i saw those a couple months ago but uh yeah those are intense but I don't know. I don't know if I could get into it for a long period of time. Oh, like I a could. the two days sort of thing.
0: No, I, I absolutely could, could go in on this. Absolutely. I mean, could you imagine if they did like sports books for that and they were gambling with that and everything, what that would rake in?
1: I, I know that this is a legitimate thing. People have started to bet on weathermen. Yes, like, they have. Weathermen. And, and I, over-unders on like the high for the day and whatnot. And yeah, it's like an actual thing.
0: That's where we are with America right now. We've got to find something to gamble on. We've got to be able to keep our our pocketbooks either filling up or depleting one way or another because we got to bet on something that is completely out of our control. So why not the weather? I'm so, I, I, To be honest with you, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before already.
1: Imagine having a bookie that comes to you and says, I know sports isn't happening, but I got this idea. Hear me out, hear me out. <laughs>
2: Depending
0: tomorrow is gonna be a high of forty. Do you like the over under on that? Over under on clouds, whatever, you know, we're like
2: on a high of forty on a high
1: of forty? Mm-hmm. I like the I like the under on a high of forty. I could see a high of
0: thirty seven tomorrow, but you know, I'm no Ellie Morrison, so ten to
1: one
0: on it being Tom <laughs> It's a, it's like a ten to one odds on it's being a cloudy day tomorrow. I'm surprised that this actually had not happened sooner because As Americans, and really as people all over the world, we don't just stop when we find something that we like. We don't just stop when we find something we like to gamble on, but we want to get as much of that as possible. We love excess, especially here in America. It's all about excess, man, and I love that because we find as many opportunities as we can for ourselves. I'm surprised this opportunity hadn't presented itself quicker. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could be betting on and a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't be bet on but has been before weather, I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised by I that. know
2: TV
1: shows The Bachelor and Okay American Idol Dancing with the Stars people bet on stuff like that like competition shows
0: the Mass Singer
1: but um Jerry Springer
0: no no the oh, Mass Singer
1: oh the Mask Singer I thought you said Jerry Springer no right? no no well you Would could you? bet on Jerry yeah yeah you bet on if the guy's the father
0: right right or you yeah, know, know
1: that's 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 Mari Ma- but
0: Mari Povich that's right. Not a show. But either way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mass Singer, who sense. would have put their bet on Sarah Palin would have been in the bear outfit, rapping Baby Got Back a couple of weeks ago? Like, what do you think that would have went off at the sportsbook?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How, uh, it would it, have depended on how close the judges were to figuring it out, mm-hmm. I guess, right?
0: Well, you know, because they then, give you clues as to who it is before they reveal yeah. it, and their clues for Sarah yeah. Palin. We didn't know it was Sarah Palin at the time because she was wearing the bear suit. It was a hockey stick and Saturday Night Live.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, why not? I mean, the SNL part, I remember that, but the hockey stick, I mean, I guess if that represents Alaska, I guess you can't totally just say Alaska, because that'd probably give it away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like that could be any hockey player at that point. Oh, any hockey player that's ever been on SNL, right?
0: And I'm not sure who that would be at this point, to be honest with you. I mean, they did Crosby that. Ever that been on SNL? I don't know if Crosby ever has been. I know that they did. Remember the whole Laszlo Holmes parody and everything like that. They, I don't know. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Brady Shea was actually on there. But they parody Brady Shea, and I don't believe it was him, I don't remember. I remember watching that video, though, and uh, Laszlo Holmes was, of course, played by Chance the Rapper, and he wasn't a hockey guy, but he was filling in, and he just struggled trying to figure out all these hockey names, and, you know, let's do that hockey. He had no clue what he was doing, but they were funny. Uh, so I guess if Brady Shea was going to be a clue for like hockey and SNL, then yeah, maybe, but I... I guess, is it bad that I can believe Sarah Palin would do that, would get in a bear costume and rap Baby Got Back, more than I believe that NHL player Brady Shea would?
1: Oh. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Some people are just wired differently, man.
0: You think? Like, I mean, still, but she was almost, you know, our vice president. I mean, here's the thing. What if you had that bet 12 years ago when she was up for the vice presidential nominee? I don't
1: think- I don't think that's that bad. I mean, what's it called? Mike Bloomberg paid off a bunch of meme pages this past year. That's true. Sort of almost a Democratic nomination. uh, I don't think, if if Barack Obama did this, I don't think people would be
0: surprised. Probably. I mean, a lot of politicians right now are doing some stuff that we just wonder, oh boy, what are you doing? Uh, Another guy who's doing stuff like that, I tell you what, though. Is Bill O'Brien. Uh, Bill O'Brien is doing a lot of stuff that people are looking at him and saying, What are you doing, dude? We have had a lot of quarterbacks moving around. I've got a new segment here to introduce to you. It'll be our first time doing it with you here in the show, Mike. And, uh, you know, maybe all if right. we get to that point, maybe we'll have a little bit of basketball speculation, all that and more coming up over the course of today's show. Let me ask you first, though, Mike a uh, couple of days into our pandemic here nationwide, and it's supposed to be a slow news cycle, a slow sports cycle, and instead it's been one of the busiest cycles that we've had all year. Which of these quarterback moves surprised you most from yesterday? Tom Brady saying he's going to leave New England and presumably going to Tampa Bay, waiting to make that official. Philip Rivers signing a one-year deal with the Colts. Cam Newton being essentially forced out of Carolina a one-time MVP is now being booted to the street, or Teddy Bridgewater a guy who hasn't thrown fourteen completions in a single season, getting a contract worth sixty million dollars which of those moves was more surprising to you
1: when you put it like that Teddy Bridgewater for sure, yeah, but I think the most I think the most surprising thing to me was cam Newton getting forced out really um just well not because I personally think that you know, he should have been, but I didn't think that Carolina would, because this is a guy that brought the Panthers to a Super Bowl, won an MVP, so I thought that the history of him, and the history of him being taken number one, and just building the team up and doing great things, was going to be enough for them to be like, well, let's give him some more leeway, let's let's make him a Panther for life, because we don't want to get rid of him, we want the fans to
0: they keep holding on to that. Oh. And I know that, the. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I see what you're saying. I know the easy answer for a lot of people to say is, you know, we never thought Brady was going to leave New England. You have all those videos of New Englanders that are out there saying, hey, he's never going to leave. He's a patriot for life. He's too loyal to the organization. I think a lot of us saw the writing on the wall, and I don't know who really thought Tampa Bay was a good choice for him, but I think we kind of knew that was a possibility.
1: I like... I like Tampa Bay for him. You know, Do you I'm really? about Bruce Arians. Yeah, and,
0: but but you're going yeah, from Belichick to Bruce Arians.
1: Yeah, but I, I... Well, Belichick to anyone, I think, is a drop-off. It's exactly. A drop-off, other, than maybe, other than maybe John Harbaugh. But Bruce Arians is a good quarterback coach, and for somebody going into their age 42 season, I think that getting somebody like Bruce Arians, who's known for expanding quarterbacks' play and expanding their prime, and giving him weapons like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is actually a pretty decent fit, and is actually somewhere where Tom Brady could strive for another Super Bowl. I'm not saying that Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl, but I guarantee you they will be a playoff contender late next year.
0: And you know where the Super Bowl is this year? Raymond James Stadium Tampa in Tampa. Bay. Uh Uh-huh, Tom Brady trying to write a little bit more history, but he's not going to do that until he has a good offensive line. There might be some moves that are made here uh, as Brady and the Bucs make it official for him to go to Tampa Bay. That offensive line was just terrible last year for all their skill at the skill positions and for Jameis' faults. Uh, They have to get better at the offensive line if they want any chance at even being a playoff team.
1: You know, surprisingly, I don't think Tom Brady needs a good offensive line to succeed. Really? I don't think... Yeah, well, Tom Brady for three years now has consistently had the lowest time-to-throw statistic of anybody in the NFL, meaning he's the quickest person to, as soon as he gets the ball, he throws it. He makes one read, and it's out of his hands. He consistently throws passes in under 2.1 seconds, which is way quicker than any defensive lineman is going to get to him. And I know that that struggles to, uh, a poor offensive line struggles to support the run game and struggles to support a deep passing game. But with a guy like Tom Brady, who's lost a lot of arm strength, and is more just relying on possession receivers and tight ends that can just bully their way into the end zone when they're in the red zone, I think that having guys like O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, who's a great possession receiver, and a poor offensive line could actually work out relatively well if Hussain draws up the game plan. That's designed for first reads to get open immediately.
0: But that's what Belichick does. That's the little dink and dunk system that Brady yeah, but, is criticized the, the, for.
1: But the, different, but the difference between Belichick's system and Bruce Arians' system is Mike Evans versus Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin versus Nikhil Harry, OJ Howard versus whoever the tight end was for the New England Patriots that day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he has those. Now that he has those weapons. I think that system could work a little bit better because those people are going to get open on those slant routes, on those little hooks, those hitches, whereas the Patriots just had a lot of trouble doing so.
0: So where do you see this team finishing in their current state? Because the Saints, we know what they are. Atlanta, I mean, who knows what they could be. Carolina should be better. I mean, is this team good enough right now to make the playoffs?
1: I think that this team, as of right now, will finish their second or third in the NFC South I still think the Saints will win And then it's going to be a matter of whether or not The Falcons can figure things out But I definitely think this team is capable Of making the playoffs All 7-9 right, right. and nine with James 7-9 and nine with James Winston And plus aren't there 7 playoff teams next year An a spot Yeah so there's an extra spot in there It's going to be a matter of whether or not The Minnesota Vikings Pick things up And whether or not the NFC West gets all three wildcard teams because Mm -hmm. i really feel like the the nfc west and the nfc south i feel like every single team from both of those divisions is capable of making the playoffs whereas the nfc east only one team and the nfc north only two teams really
0: and pick your poison over in the nfc west i mean that right now has got to be the best division in football
1: yeah i think the nfc west and the nfc south are the two best best
0: divisions in football right now it's so just mind-blowing that Bill O'Brien made that trade. And then the reports from Michael Irvin that came out saying uh, O'Brien, and this is straight from DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if they're true beyond that, but DeAndre Hopkins said that Bill O'Brien would compare him to Aaron Hernandez and told him he didn't like that he had baby mamas. And if that is true, that's just unacceptable. And you basically run a top three player at his position out of town for a guy that's not near his prime and can't stay healthy and david johnson and you are giving cliff kingsbury and kyler murray exactly what they want to be competitive i just i don't understand bill o'brien right now and i wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't have a job here in the next couple of weeks
1: there's no way that bill o'brien loses his job because really? he's done way too many things uh, he's done way too many things that would have cost anybody else their job and hasn't who who else blows a twenty four point lead in the playoffs after a huge hype for a season and maintains his job? Yeah, but you so get a PR
0: bad look like this, and it, it could well, happen. Uh,
1: DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins did come out and say that those stories were blown out of proportion. Well, he did, he did come out and say that.
0: People are going to do that though in this day and age.
1: Yeah, he he is try, Maybe he's trying to limit damage control, or maybe he's just trying to seem like the nice guy in the situation. He's trying to help his image when Bill O'Brien's image goes down. Mm. But nonetheless, Bill O'Brien has done so much, and by so much, I mean so much bad stuff to the Texans franchise. Despite the massive, despite the massive success they've had with the draft, that it, at some point you feel like he already should have lost his job because he hasn't done enough with the talent the team has. Yeah, but who's going to fire so, him? He's his own GM. That's what I'm saying. So there's no way he's going to lose his job. Because if he was going to lose his job, he would have lost it years and years and
2: years ago.
0: I just think from a PR standpoint, they could get enough pressure, depending how this story grows, uh, they could get enough pressure on them. Like, you yeah, know, I was watching, okay, this is how i know we're coming up at a break so i'll we'll try not to ramble um this is how not smart maybe i was last night because i turn on netflix and the first three movies that are on there is like contagion pandemic outbreak and i'm like that's probably enough netflix already um but then i did end <laughs> up i did end up deciding to watch outbreak because i remember my high school sophomore year uh our our science class watched you know basically all we did was watch movies of stuff that happened it was like we'd And I'm convinced that was like a a class to scare us because it was basically about stuff that we had no control over or whatever, you know, and we watched movies about it. So we watched Outbreak, Arachnophobia, some movie from the 60s about a nuclear swamp monster. And I'm just like, I didn't sign up for Fear Fest, but that's what we watched. I remember that movie. So I watched it again last night, even though I probably shouldn't have. Um, I felt I should, you know, maybe refresh myself just in case. And what a great cast. Like from an actor's standpoint. Have you ever seen Outbreak, Mike? I have not, no. it, It's a good movie. It's, uh, it's, you know, and it takes place kind of where, out where you're from in Northern California, just outside of the Bay Area. And they had a great cast. It's from 1995. Um, it's got uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, Donald Sutherland, um, Dustin Hoffman, Cuba Gooding Jr., Patrick Dempsey is in it, uh, Rene Russo, and uh, Kevin Spacey, I mean, that's a great cast from an acting standpoint. But, like Bill O'Brien, those guys may do their job pretty darn well. They have had a lot of instances away from that um, that make you think about their reputation a lot differently in hindsight. That's kind of where I'm going with as far as Bill O'Brien.
1: I mean, I can understand that sort of that, that analogy, but what I'm saying at the same time is, yeah... Some bad stuff can happen to a dude, but I don't think that's bad enough for him to get canceled like Kevin Spacey did. Right, right. And I'm I not comparing
0: those. I'm not saying that yeah. what they did is on the same tier, but Kevin Spacey right. wouldn't get fired for starring in some bad movies, but he would if it was an egregious crime enough. Bill O'Brien not wouldn't sure. get, wouldn't get fired for poorly coaching or making poor moves, but he would if there was some kind of PR hit, something like that. By the way, in that movie, uh, Donald Sutherland, I give him credit because he Played This vicious general like really really well like he was he's kind of the antagonist of the movie Which I didn't totally like because I don't like it when movies make the army the bad guy but Donald Sutherland's character is just so bloodthirsty and Impatient like his solution is just destroy everything like my washing machine isn't working back in my place And if I was Donald Sutherland's character in this movie, I would have just said uh, to my, la- I would have told my landlady, my wash machine's not working. I want it blown up by the time I get home tonight. I just want it just eviscerated. Uh, it was a good performance from him. If you want to watch that, it's on Netflix.
1: I mean, I'm sure if I turn it on, it'll be the
0: first thing up there. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. We're well past our first break, so we'll take it now. We've got more on the NFL and what's been transpiring, plus the Lions making moves next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. John Michael, hopefully I'm with you, glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Lots been happening in the NFL here over the last couple of days. Jason Witten is now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. Tom Brady is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Philip Rivers is an Indianapolis Colt. By the way, Mike, how do you feel about that move? Uh, the the Colts getting Philip Rivers on a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal? Yeah, I think it's fine. Did they I mean, upgrade Jesus from Brissette? I think
1: they upgraded. I okay. think they upgraded, but uh, and uh, a part of it is because what was the biggest problem in Los Angeles? Turnovers. The offensive line. Ah. Well, the offensive line and turnovers. Mm. Russell Coon couldn't protect anybody anymore. That center wasn't doing a great job uh, out of the shotgun, and is the just Philip Rivers didn't have the protection that he needed. What is Indianapolis's biggest string? The O line. That offensive line.
0: All Gordon
1: right, Nelson. Anthony Costanzo, so you give Philip Rivers a little bit more time. If he is still poor with his decision-making, yeah, the interception numbers are going to still be high, but I guarantee you it'll decrease to... He had 23 last year. I can see it being something like 13 or 12 next year, which is still up there, but not egregious. So it could help a lot, but he doesn't nearly have the same weapons at least on the outside as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Ty Hilton's fine, but he's shorter and he's more of a deep threat, not really a possession receiver. So it'll be good, but only if he uses his tight ends a lot more. I don't know. I could see the Colts winning 10 games next year, but I don't see them going
0: back to how they were with Andrew Luck. I literally could see the Colts winning anywhere from six to ten games next year. Like, that's how weird this gap is. Like, what will Phillip have to work, and will he return to his normal self? Although I'm not totally shocked by that one. I kind of saw that one coming. I feel like these two were the biggest shocking stories of yesterday, and neither of them's Tom Brady, which who would have thought, in 2020, the year of our Lord, which of these two moves surprised you, or these two events that happened yesterday surprised you more? Jason Witten leaving the Cowboys for the Las Vegas Raiders, or finding out that Kevin Durant, three other Brooklyn Nets, and an Ottawa Senator all tested positive for coronavirus?
1: If we're talking about what was surprising then, probably Jason Mm Witten, because you figure if one NBA player gets it, they're literally playing hands on backs, and they're playing bodies entwined and tangled for 48 minutes. So you Mm. figure if one NBA player gets it, there's going to be a lot more that get it immediately after. So, I mean, the Ottawa Senator thing, that is a little surprising. But Mm. In terms of other NBA players getting it, not really. I will say Kevin Durant's a little surprising because, you know, he doesn't play, but he's in the locker room. He's on the bench with everybody and whatnot. He's interacting with other Nets players, so that's not too bad or too surprising, I should say. Oh, and here's the,
0: point. here's the connection between those two and why I kind of put those two uh, separate sports, but same uh, kind of instance where athletes are getting COVID-19. The Senators, I don't believe, have announced who the player is. They've identified the player, but last I checked, they don't, uh, or they haven't released the player's name to the public. Their last game was March 11th at Staples Center, which was also the last place that the Nets played. And I wonder if those might have been connected. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter in the end, but uh, it, it, because you know, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter how they contracted it. I guess in a way, um, I just I wonder so if those State are. Co- there's
1: is the home of the Lakers and Clippers. Does that mean that... also the those, Kings? Some of the Lakers and Clippers have it. Oh, and the Kings. Yeah.
0: Yep, um, and that's, that mean that's
1: one of those. Jeez.
0: It's just, it's scary. It's scary what this virus is doing. You know, like, three of the Nets players are not symptomatic. They have it, and they don't even know it. And that's, shoot, that's what's scary about right. this whole thing. Tell you what, though,
2: the, I uh,
1: know, Well, I know Tyree was talking about how the Lakers are going to get tested on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They're going to get tested today. And how he's really nervous about it, because he's a huge, huge Lakers fan, and is really worried that LeBron or Anthony Davis or Kyle Kuzma is going to have it, so... Uh, we'll see if that's the case and maybe that was the whole linking factor playing at Staples Center and then them sort of coming in and contracting it as well
0: I tell you what, you know what the Lions contracted? They contracted a couple of New England Patriots today. I've never heard the frustration from Detroit Lions fans like the last couple of days because Monday they really didn't do much, if anything. Yesterday they pick up Chase Daniel, and today they continue to try to rebuild the Patriots and take over Bill Belichick's leftovers out in New England because they signed Danny Shelton to a two-year $8 million deal, and then they traded a couple of late picks for defensive back Duran Hammond uh Durant Harmon, I'm sorry, and he's a good player. He is a really good defensive back, but the Patriots get rid of these guys for a reason. What you know, Bilichek gets the best out of these guys, and then when they're he he just knows when they're past their prime and when to let them go, and then they fall off the wagon when they go somewhere else. You saw that with Danny Amendola, just to name one. I mean, there's a lot of guys that once the Patriots let them go, they're just never the way they were before. And even that Patricia can fall into that category, and he keeps trying to rebuild the Patriots in Detroit. I, I see, I absolutely endorse why Lions fans are frustrated with it.
1: Yeah, uh, you. I don't know if you forgot to mention or you didn't see, but Jamie Collins also going to the
0: tournament. Jamie Collins, and uh, he's a good player too. Yeah. But there's a reason Belichick leaves these.
1: Yeah, Jamie Collins is probably the only one that I think actually sustained a good level of success when he left New England. But I don't know what it is with former Belichick assistants and picking up Belichick leftovers. Take a look at the Tennessee Titans roster. Mm-hmm. Mike Brable comes in, What are the first two moves he does. Picks up two underperforming Patriots and Dion Lewis and somebody else I can't even remember at this point. I think it was one of the McCordys, but I'm not 100% sure. Nonetheless, yeah, Detroit is right to be skeptical. These things haven't worked out in the past. You sign them for massive contracts because, hey, they were good with the Patriots, and then you realize they were system players. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I don't think Detroit fans should feel good about it. Let they have me- a right to feel worried.
0: Right, right, and it's because we've seen this happen so much from Patricia and Bob Quinn, and it's just like, it's not worked the first however many times. Why is it going to work this time? And they want something that is going to replicate a championship culture, and they, I get why they tried it the first time trying to replicate the Patriot way, but it hasn't worked. It's time to move on.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. You don't want to be the Patriots. Nobody's ever going to be the Patriots because the Patriots were built by two two people, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You don't have either of those guys, so stop trying to be Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Matt Stafford and Matt Patricia are not Bill Belichick and Tom Brady.
0: Could Matt Stafford go to the Patriots? Do you think could they do it the other way and Matt Stafford go to New England?
1: <sighs> I feel very confident in saying that Andy Dalton is going to be the next Patriots starting. That's what we keep hearing. I feel pretty confident in that one.
0: Why do you like I Andy Dalton mean,
1: there? Uh, Andy Dalton is a very coachable guy. He's mm-hmm. someone who has made the playoffs several times. Never looked at him just like Matt Stafford, but has never had a problem with the media. Has never had a problem with his coaches. Even throughout this whole situation where he was sapped by Ryan Finley last year, mm-hmm. did you hear anything along the lines of Andy Dalton feeling disrespected or anything? Mm-hmm. Not
0: really. No, no, no. no, I meant I I was agreeing with you. No, I didn't hear anything about that. Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. No, I I was continuing just my thought. I wasn't calling you out or anything. Mm. But um, this is a guy who sort of plays the same way that Tom Brady did, a.k.a. short, consistent, game managing. He's not a guy who runs around there. He can run around a little better than Brady, but he's not somebody who's going to move outside the pocket a lot. He can hit deep threats. I think he's got better arm strength than Tom Brady right now. I think he might not have as many pre-snap reads as Tom Brady. But he's still somebody that can manage a game and can still find his guys. And I think that Bill Belichick knows that Andy Dalton sort of has the closest play style to what Tom Brady did. And if that's the case, I think Andy Dalton would be a really good fit, and Bill Belichick knows that. Bill Belichick knows everything. He knows exactly who would be the best character for every position on his team. So I think Andy Dalton is somebody who's available, who'd be cheap, and who'd be ready immediately to take over because, let's face it, Jared Stidham isn't going to be the guy.
0: On well, that being said, if Jared Stidham were to be the guy, because I think there's a chance it could be. Teddy Bruschi was on Golick and Wingo today. He said, yeah, they drafted this guy for a reason. They liked what he had, and you know, they might get somebody in the fourth, fifth, sixth round of the draft this year, and they probably will, but they liked Stidham for a reason if, for whatever reason, he is their opening day starter, how many games would the Patriots win? Uh, 10. 10 I, or I, I think it would be at least 10. I don't think Belichick is capable of losing more than 11.
1: Yeah, Belichick, it's, it's impossible. It's just not a thing that happens. Mm. Matt Castle won 11 games as a starting <laughs> quarterback for the Patriots. So it's just a non-factor. Jacoby Brissett and GB Groff went win 3-1, and, and the only reason they lost is because Jacoby Brissett was the only quarterback left, and he injured his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. Oh so, like, that's the only reason they lost the game. They lost that one 16 and nothing, and that just goes to show how inept when your quarterback can't even throw. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Patriots when it comes to winning games and making the playoffs. What matters is having a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. Can Andy Dalton win the Super Bowl? Probably not, but I 100% doubt that Jared Stidham can as well.
0: Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you here in ESPN-UP. Let's take our next time out as we hit the bottom half of the hour. When we come back, we've still got the head of content to visit to, plus well, I guess we got a couple new segments we'll introduce, plus more football next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling. With you, glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. The United States Hockey League has canceled the remainder of their season due to the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. Justin Verlander will miss at least six weeks due to a groin surgery. And finally, lizards can use their tongue to smell things. Their sensory glands are located on the roofs of their mouth and lizards will stick their tongue out to catch particles of the air and drag the particles to the roof of their mouth to identify different scents that is your sports center update glad to have you along right. hey lizards are pretty cool am huh, mike
1: yeah reptiles are pretty cool in general i'm pretty sure snakes are the same sort of thing because you know they have that stereotype that they all stick out their tongues and just Really quickly pull it back in and have that. So I think snakes are the same way, but I could
2: be wrong about
0: that. I tell you what, I don't know if snakes have noses or lizards have noses, but either or, I ran across that. My uh, final part of the update was either going to be that one, you can tell me if I missed this one, or it would have been this uh, woman from uh, the very northern tip of Washington State in Vancouver, Washington, and she had been washing her hands vigorously, as you should be throughout the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, she was following the guidelines, what have you. Turned out she was not using soap these last, I think it was a week, that she's been washing her hands vigorously, but it wasn't soap. It was a block of cheddar cheese that she mistook for soap, and that's what she's been washing her hands with for a week.
2: Okay. <laughs> <I'm>,
0: <laughs> I, I, all right. There's a lot of questions there, like at what point did she not realize that was soap or what made her finally realize this is cheese, this is not soap because, well, I mean, I, I like block cheese, thing, I get that, but I, I, I can tell yeah, the difference first between first that and is, soap.
1: Yeah, it makes you think. Has she done this before or has she been using cheddar cheese for a long time now because...
0: Has she, she been liked, using bars of soap on her sandwiches?
1: Like, well, ch- Yeah, cheese has a very like big smell to it too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can smell cheese. As a very pungent smell,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was it like? Did you think it was like a cheese scented soap? It, it should. No, that's a terrible idea, and it should all. just
0: feel better than, or feel differently than soap.
1: Yeah, I don't uh,
0: There's a lot of questions that could go into that, but uh, either or. Uh, You got double for your final update. The lizards can smell with their tongue and a woman in Washington State has been washing her hands with cheese, mistaking it for soap. Either or, we are introducing the hat of content here in ESPN-UP. It was St. Patrick's Day yesterday. I've still got my leprechaun hat that I'll wear when I go to South Bend or to Kildare's. And I've got... Uh, slips of paper in here the audience knows us by now michael is our first time doing it with you i've got slips of paper they each pertain to a question that i've got uh what we do is we reach into the hat of content and pull out a question we will debate maybe maybe even agree on it anyway michael i'm closing my eyes i'm reaching into the hat and i'm pulling out a number And the number is one. We keep getting number one, question number one, but we have a different question every time we do it. So here we go. If you're visiting a haunted house and you can go with one major league baseball player, who would you choose? Interpret that any way you want, whether it's just a Halloween theme or it's a real haunted house and you need someone to protect you, you can go to a haunted house with one pro baseball player. Who would you choose?
1: Okay. So here's my thinking, all right? Mm. If it's an actual haunted house or a Halloween theme, I'm probably going to get scared, which means I'm going to (sighs) probably run at some point, which means I need somebody slower than me there with me so that, you know, they get him and not me. Wow. If you're running from a polar bear, what's rule number one? You don't got to move faster than a polar bear. You just got to move faster than the person next to you. Same with the
0: shark. Remind me to never ask you when my life is on the line. (laughs)
1: Drill number one, man.
0: Oh, man. Uh, so you're, you're picking so, Nelson Cruz, uh, Hunter Pence. Who,
1: who's, well, the slowest player in Major League Baseball is Albert Pujols right now. Okay. And so that's, the, that's where my mind went first. But then you also got to, if you want to have a good time while you're doing that, I think Albert Pujols would be a good time. He's got to have lots of stories, you know, mm. legends in the game. So he'd be a really good one. But who would be some other guys that would just be fun to be around and you know, it might not be as scary for me or something like that, but somebody who would get scared easily and whatnot.
0: And I... I
2: Pablo I'm Sandoval.
1: Adrian it, oh, it,
0: Yep, yeah, he'd be a good one. Cool yeah, cool. Pablo Sandoval, I'd like when he slipped around second base, I mean, he might slip and fall. That might distract the monsters or whoever's chasing even more.
1: Maybe, maybe a little bit. But I I, I think about Adrian Beltran, too, because somebody who gets distracted super easily, it's like he gets scared when people touch his head. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that you know, that's something that, you know, any sort of jump scare, I feel like Adrian Beltre would jump out of his shoes. That would just be a fun person to be around to sort of laugh at and whatnot. But I would 100% do the same thing. He'd laugh at me, too. And it would just become this whole charade. We'd become best friends afterwards.
0: Yeah, until but, he finds out that you were planning to leave him so that he'd be monster bait <laughs> or zombie bait, whatever this haunted house contains.
1: Well, let's figure. All right. If I'm going head to head with a supernatural force or some sort of monster, odds are I'm going to lose. So <laughs> me sort of standing up to it and whatnot will just delay the inevitable. Whereas if we both try to run Scooby-Doo Gang style, there's a chance that one of us could survive in that sort of sense. And Adrian Beltra is definitely faster than me.
0: So why would you right? pick him?
1: Well, because I think he'd be a fun guy to be around, so that's the whole debate, right? You want somebody who you could outrace, or do you want somebody that would be fun to be around? And I think, in general, for the most part, you're not going to die in a haunted house, so I think having a fun guy would be a, sort of better. But if you're going into a place like uh, that one really haunted, really scary apartment in London, which if you haven't heard about that, look that up. I can't remember exactly what apartment it is or what it's called a real thing where like multiple people have died or gone insane in that apartment it's crazy you look it up when you're really bored on one night and down for something scary mm. but if you're going to that you can run away but if we're just going to a basic Halloween themed or a basic like oh apparently this thing's haunted or whatever but nobody knows for sure then you know what uh, Adrian knows right
0: we we are kinda going along a similar but not quite exact thought process here because notice how none of the answers are guys that you would call on as a pinch runner or anything like that. Like none of us are saying we would go to a haunted house with Low Cain or Lorenzo Kane because he would outrun us, you know, and he'd just leave us behind. No one's saying yeah. that I would go to a haunted totally. house with Byron Buxton because if it goes to worse, then he is just gonna outrun me and then I'm the one that's left as monster bait.
1: Oh, wait, so you just made fun of me for saying that I want somebody
0: to I, That's what I'm saying. That. That's a, I'm, I'm saying we're is. on similar thought processes here, but I'm not going to pick some guy just because. I know I'm going to outrun him. <laughs>
2: Fair, enough, fair do you,
0: enough. Do you think you could outrun me if we went to a haunted house and something like some zombies started to come after us? Who would win in a foot race?
1: I think I, I, think I could outrun you in a short game because remember when we played football together? I think I was a little faster, but if this is like a real ha, if this is like the Winchester Victory House, and we need to constantly turn and whatnot, you're getting out of the house before. Us. Mm. I think you would destroy me in any sort of distance, but 100 meters, I think I could maybe get it.
0: Mm. Fair enough. All right, I can live with that. Uh, I tell you what. You want to do one more here before we go to break? Let's do it. All right, let's reach into the hat one more time here before we get back to actual sporting news, what have you. I have question number eight. All right, so I look at my sheet of questions here. If you could ask Mike Leach one question, what would it be? You only get one question with maybe the most interesting right, man right. in
1: football. Right, well, the first thought process would be to ask about the second most interesting man in football, a.k.a. Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that sort of takes away from the interesting factor, the Dos nature of Mike Leach, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like asking about Gardner would just be sort of a detriment to the opportunity you have.
2: So Mm -hmm.
1: I think asking about Mike Leach, the first thing I would say is, the the one thing I would ask would, be like cuz have you seen his twitter account oh yeah he posts some weird random yes, stuff he does. on twitter right
0: he is a great follow on yeah. twitter
1: <laughs> so i think the one thing i would ask him would be like what do your players uh, do your players support or like have your players helped you out with what you post on twitter or something <laughs> like that and just get into a conversation about his sort of twitter life and whatnot his twitter verse happenings and doings and whatnot, because I think that that would be really interesting to just delve into how he sort of manages to see himself in a professional way while also being able to do whatever he wants on Twitter.
0: I'd probably try to do like what the whole genie approach is and be like, can I use my one question to ask unlimited questions? That's probably what I would try to do, but I don't know if he'd go for that.
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's sort of cheating. I feel like that's one loophole that every sort of situation like that makes sure they got covered.
0: Man, I would love to have Mike Leach and just have the day to talk to him, but thinking about just one question, because he's fascinating because I know he's interested in pirates and I know he's interested in Bigfoot, and I'd like to ask him about those, but there's a lot of information about how he feels about stuff like that that I can probably just find that on the internet and save my question for something else. That being said, I don't want to swing and miss on my question by asking about something that he has no clue about like if he has no clue about volcanoes i don't want to ask him you know what's your favorite volcano or something like that i'd love to get him to talk to him about what he knows about the upper peninsula and just you know let him ramble because he will he absolutely will and ramble about the up
1: i think if you're trying to get into ramble the best question would be what's your favorite subject to talk about that you don't get to talk about
0: that's the way to answer it that'll way Oh man! It's just, just give him start the platform. Going
2: off about something.
0: That's perfect. Yeah. Let, oh let man! Let him
2: answer his own question.
0: Basically, like, what is your favorite subject to talk about that you don't get to talk about nearly enough? Oh, and he would just go on and on, and I wouldn't. There'd be no stopping. Yeah, yeah that's it. So if you're trying to get something, if you're trying to get
1: something new, something interesting, but something that he still likes to talk about people are passionate in them, I think that's the way
0: to go. Make him do the work. I like that line of thinking. Good work, Mike. I don't know if we've had a right answer since we've been doing this. We've had some creative and good answers. That was our first right answer here since we've been digging into the head of content. Met? Tell you what, we're coming up on our next break. We'll get back to actual sports and what have you next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the SportsPen Podcast. Go to our website, ESPNUP.com, or get our free mobile app from the Apple i Store or Google Play. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hofling with you as we get into the final segment of today's episode. Glad to have you along this Wednesday afternoon. There's been a lot going on, and of course, we did dig into the of content. I do have one more segment that I want to get to a little bit later on, and it's been such a busy day, which I'm thankful for, that we have plenty of sporting news to keep us busy We haven't even talked about, Michael, the most recent quarterback move, which the Jacksonville Jaguars finally realized that they have got one sweet prince as their heir to the throne to be their quarterback, and they have traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears for a couple of draft picks, and now Jacksonville is absolutely loaded on draft picks for the coming years. They've got two in the first round this year, so they're out there making moves, and they're They've got the quarterback that's, you know how I feel about him, that's one spot they're not going to have to rebuild. But Nick Foles is with the Chicago Bears. I do have a theory on that as to why they went with Nick Foles instead of Cam Newton who, a couple of weeks ago, I think the Bears would have absolutely jumped at if they had the opportunity. I do have a theory as to why. I don't know if we'll get to that today, but first what I want to bring up to you, Michael, is the question is, now that Belichick and Brady are separate, there are people who can't believe that Brady is putting his legacy on the line by trying to prove it on his own, that he can win without the greatest coach of all time. In your mind, let's give him two years. We'll say because Brady's probably in the league at max two more years, Belichick will still be coaching here in about two years if you give them both two years which of those is more likely to win a super bowl belichick or brady
1: you know what the the bruce arians fan in me wants to say brady but the nfl fan slash just tom believer believe wants to say belichick
0: yeah. right yeah and for me that it is but, belichick
1: but i sincerely don't believe that Belichick will actually win with Tatum or Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or whoever they grab for that quarterback position, because while Tom Brady wasn't the same this past year, he was still an MVP two years ago, and he was still a very solid, very good quarterback who was an off op- who drove the offense that led that team, rather than the defense lead the team this past season. He was still that quarterback, the guy who could lead an offense just two years ago. So I still think Brady's got some left in the tank, and I still think he can lead an office, especially with weapons like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But, like, Bill Belichick just has that aura around him where, where I just don't feel like he can lose. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like no matter who he has, he can't lose, or he's still going to make the playoffs, he's still going to be a contender in the AFC. So I'm not quite sure. One thing, the fact, though, I really want to see I hope Brady signs for like a two-year contract and he gets to play Belichick
0: at some point. Mm, Hmm, that'd be fun. But I tell you what, you did bring up Cam Newton. I thought that was interesting. I don't think there's any chance they would even want him in New England. I don't think there's a chance he goes there. I don't think they'd want him either. He just seems like a guy that wouldn't fit in well with what they do there. I think there'd be a better chance Jameis Winston goes there than Cam Newton.
1: Maybe. I think Jameis Winston would be a bad fit, too. Not because he's a different-style quarterback, but because he's got all the wrong tools Mm -hmm. for what Belichick wants, right? Belichick wants a very sound, very well-thought-out game of football, not somebody who just slings it and makes poor decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think Cam Newton doesn't have the accuracy that Tom Brady has and doesn't have the ability to make risks that Tom Brady has, but he has pretty good decision-making in general.
0: So, who has a bigger market right now between Cam Newton and Jameis Winston? Here are my arguments here. Uh, if if you're rating them on just talent alone, I think you would put Cam ahead of Jameis right now. I mean, Jameis, yeah, he puts up big numbers, but it's such a reckless style of football. It, it, the market there, though, is because what would you give up for Jameis Winston? Because Do you want Jameis Winston to be your starting quarterback? There's not a lot of options out there left for him. I don't know what you give up for this guy, and I don't think Arians will give him up for anything less than what he's worth because he's probably in above average for a backup. Cam Newton, though, you're not going to give up anything for him knowing that he's going to be a free agent here in a couple of months and you don't have to give up anything for him then. I wonder who's got the bigger market right now between those two. What do you think?
1: I absolutely think Jameis Winston has the bigger market, and not because of the whole, you know, talent situation and whatnot, because I think Cam Newton has more talent. He's shown that he is. But one, Jameis is younger. And not only that, Jameis has shown potential. 5,000 yards, led the league in passing. Everybody wants to look at that guy and go, oh, my goodness. If you can just shore up his decision making a little bit, everybody's looking at him and being like, oh, my goodness. This is a guy who has all the tools, all the strength that we want out of a quarterback. If we can just shore that up, and we're going to be the guys to shore that up, if we can do it, then he could be incredible for us. So you need to look at it and think, well, what, co- what coach could sort of do that? What coach could expand the play of his quarterback and shore the decision-making? And the only one that needs a quarterback right now I can think of is Matt Nagy. But even Matt Nagy is questionable because as great as he was with Mitch Trubisky his first year, his second year, it wasn't nearly as good. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
0: And really, there's not a whole lot of teams anymore that are still looking for a quarterback, except maybe the Chargers.
1: Maybe the Chargers, but I don't think Anthony Lynn is a, court- is a coach that really expands his quarterback no, play. No, he's not. One he's a running back really guy. I'd love to see James- Yeah. One place I'd really love to see James Winston go, but I know he's not going to, is Buffalo, because I'd love to see what Sean McDermott could do with James Winston, hmm. because he's done wonders for Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, speaking of Buffalo, they made a big move the other night, and on paper, I know Minnesota Terrible. won that trade, I know, I know, but Minnesota, oh, far. Minnesota won that trade on paper, but Buffalo's getting what they want, and that's a shot at winning right now, and they've got... One of their best offensive weapons, and I can't remember how long. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to like Josh Allen if he didn't like Kirk Cousins, but would you consider Buffalo, where everyone is right now, with uh, Jared Stidham penciled in as the New England quarterback, is Buffalo the favorite to win that division right now? Nope. No. i check the coach. (laughs) Yeah, New England's not going anywhere. I know, there's still going to be a playoff team this year, but Buffalo knows this is their window. They've got the defense, they've got the coach, they feel like this is their window, and they're willing to sacrifice their future to do it right now, and I don't think they've done enough to be a Super Bowl team right now.
2: I just think even
1: if you are the Bills, and you're like, we can win right now if we just make this trade, you can just take a look at any other trade that happened for a superstar wide receiver lately. And be like, oh, Emmanuel Sanders, third rounder. Amari Cooper, first rounder. DeAndre Hopkins, washed up running back in a second rounder. So what do you do? You give up four picks, four picks for a number two receiver, who's shown that he has capabilities of being a number one, but has been upset because he hasn't been a number one and hasn't gotten the targets he wanted, so he's shown to be a little bit of a diva despite being a number two. That's questionable. That's questionable, even if you think that it's the right move and even if you think it's the move... I can push your team over the top because you've seen all these other guys. Amari Cooper was one first-round pick. That's it. If that was the trade, I'd be totally okay with it. But that's not what it was. You gave up your whole future, basically. Your
0: whole future for this one year. I do want to keep diving deep into this and get your thoughts, uh, particularly on Marcus Mariota. Uh, challenging Derek Carr, plus Case Keenum going to Cleveland. And I do want to make sure we fit this in here before we run out of time because I said that we would be introducing a new segment. So it's on our Facebook, at the ESPN UP Facebook page. If you don't like it right now, please go ahead and like it. There's great content on there. Uh, We talked about how we are missing sports right now. We want to keep the conversation going. So we're asking you, our listeners, to drop us in the comments, reach out to us some way, somehow. Let us know what was your favorite up sporting event whether that's college northern tech high school anything skiing your family's uh touch football game in the backyard on thanksgiving what is your favorite up sporting event and we'd like to share those on air with you nathan writes in it was the 2010 ccha championship game at joe lewis arena where uh, michigan did win two to one but that it was fun watching northern do what they did in that game. and, and uh, He he touched on a little bit later that Northern went to the WCHA championship uh, when Troy Loggins hit a slap shot right in front of where he is. Bill writes in that 1993, because he's from Iron Mountain, he got to see both Iron Mountain and Kingsford win state titles. And uh, Iron Mountain, was uh, their only loss was to Kingsford. Kingsford was undefeated. Michael, I, I tease this to you while I read some of these because uh, I'm going to ask you too. I'm going to ask you for your favorite UP sports memory. Josh said the wrestling camp that he put on in Munising, the Pictured Rocks Wrestling Camp. And he also loves that the uh, Olympic training site is here in Marquette. And then Dale writes in that he loved watching the Westwood High School girls on their run downstate in the basketball tournament. Mike, what say you? You've been up here uh, quite a substantial amount of time now. How about you? What's been your favorite UP sports memory?
1: A little over a year. Uh, my favorite memory that I've watched so far—I mean, call the Division II eight-man state championship was a pretty good one with you. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a, that was a great one. Uh, I mean, you know that before I did this, I was a play-by-play guy and a color guy, so that was good to get back to that. But eh, I don't know. The the first thing that comes to mind, the one thing I really love remembering from the UP was uh, basically there was a game early on in the where I had to go to Kingsford, and I think it was Kingsford against Westwood, no joke. And I saw Nick Nora, a freshman, hit a three-quarter shot buzzer beater at the end of the first half. And ever since then, I've just loved high school basketball a lot more than I did before. And I'm not saying I hated it before, but I've just sort of taken a new appreciation of these guys, these guys who started off as freshmen and maybe didn't get the time they deserved, but then when they do get that time, that Nick Nora or that Marcus Johnson or those people that get that opportunity right from their freshman year to just really show up and like make the fans great. Because even after he hit that shot, you hear the whole student section go, he's a freshman and everything. And it just got everybody back on their heels and everybody was really into the game from that point on. And Kingsford was winning. And the best part is, Westwood went on to win that game. But that doesn't deny the fact that that was such a great moment and such a great thing for a young player who's really going to take over once Foster Wonders leaves Iron Mountain, in my opinion. Because that situation is going to be a whole different thing as well. But just being able to see that and being able to feel the energy from the Kingsford crowd and being able to show that and talk about it on my show later that night, was it felt really good. And I was really glad I got to be a
0: part of that. I'm really glad that we had you on to give that answer. And again, please keep dropping your comments, your favorite sports memory around the UP on our Facebook and that uh, thread, and we'll be reading those off throughout the week. Here in our last couple of minutes, though, Michael, I did say I wanted to get your thoughts on Marcus Mariota getting signed by the Raiders. It's going to be either him or Derek Carr that's going to be throwing to Jason Witten and Darren Waller now, which is... I mean that's a pretty good tight end combination. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how about your good thoughts tandem. on that one? You you go with Mariota or Carr?
1: I go with Carr still. Mm. Um, I think Mariota serves best as a Taysom Hill, Robert Griffin the third type, where he comes in for certain situations and sort of does what he has to for a first down on third and two. He can be that guy where it's like, oh, well, now we got to watch out for the quarterback and not to worry about that with Carr, but now we got to. So he's a situational type of quarterback, which is where I think the NFL is sort of moving towards. And I think that's how Marcus Mariota can stay in the league for a lot longer than he should have. Derek Carr is still the guy. He's still the guy that knows that offense like the back of his hand. He's still the guy that's worked with John Gruden for a year now. He's worked with all those receivers. Plus shown signs of being an MVP, candidate,
0: and hopefully he can get back to that for the Raiders. I just wonder what this is going to be like for Mariota, because he was in a situation last year where he had a newcomer come in, an outsider, and take his job, and wouldn't it just be poetic if he does the same thing to Derek Carr? Nothing against Derek Carr, because I like him too, and I agree, I think he's still got the stuff in him somewhere, but I would feel good for Mariota in that sense. A guy who probably should have been better in in his NFL career, never got the shot due to ongoing health concerns, what have you.
1: Yeah, so I think making Mario the guy who only comes in situationally and plays maybe one-fourth of the snaps of the starter could really expand his career and make him a running-type quarterback once again because that's the problem with running quarterbacks. They're out there so much. They get damaged. Their legs get hurt. They aren't as efficient as they were on the ground. But now, being a guy who just comes in once every now and again, and really allow him to let loose and go as fast as he can. And I really like that.
0: Well, I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. We are out of time. And shoot, as always, it's good talking to you, my man. Do you have anything coming up there at ABC10? I should ask, what do you have coming up that you want to let the uh, people know about, get the word out?
1: Well, like I was talking about, we are going to release a bracket for the, because March Madness isn't happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, so we decided to make our own March Madness, and it's going to be a fan vote for who the best team in the UP was this year. Ooh. We're not going to rank the teams one through sixteen, although we do have sixty-four teams. We're not going to rank them because that shows bias already. So we randomly put everyone in a bracket, and we did have, we did purposefully place matchups that we thought would be good and whatnot, but. We want to see who the fans think was the best team in the U.P. this year from every single sport, every single level, who had the best season, who had the best moments, and who had the best capabilities, the best potential for the teams that didn't get to finish their season. So that's what we have coming up. I'm really excited for that. And then after this one's done, if it goes well with the fans, we might do something for who we think, or who the fans think was the best athlete in the So we might go into something like that, but we're not sure depending on how
0: this thing does. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that already. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see how that pans out, and I hope you get some great engagement out of that. Check that out at ABC10, and once again, keep uh, tuning it right here to ESPN-UP. For John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, I'm Ishpeming Marquette.